I'm finishing up on verse 2. I won't even finish all of 2. Need to go on to 3, but we still at 2. Next week, we'll come back and hit 3. Nah, I got 2. I got 2. got 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Pray with me that God will manifest. Romans 12, chapter 2. I am reading from the New American Standard. And it reads as such in our hearing. And do not be conformed to this world, the peace that we're going to deal with. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen. The thought that I want to deal with is becoming who we are in Christ. Becoming who we are in Christ. Father, even now, Lord, we ask that you be glorified. We ask that you do not allow me to hinder or impede what you want to say to your people. Lord, I come with all my weaknesses. I ask for your strength. I ask that you hide me behind your Shekinah glory. That, Father, that there would be a presence, that there would be an atmosphere of your glory. I pray, Lord, that they don't see me, but they see you. Lord, we are desperately in need of you. Father, even now, saturate this place with yourself. Do it in such a way that there would be no mistake about who's in the place. Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I discovered something. That no matter what type of race, no matter whether it's 50-yard dash, 100-yard dash, a marathon, whether it's a car race, a plane race, a boat race, all races have one thing in common. The one thing that you find in common in all races is there is a goal line. There's a finishing point. If a car race is 500 miles, you can cap the laps, and you know how many more laps you have to go. If there's a marathon, 
They know how many miles is left to go. You know before you start that there is a finishing line. There is a mark. There is something that you are trying to get to. Anyone who starts a race and they're not told where the finishing line is, that race doesn't mean anything. You're running forever, and you don't know where to go. You are aimlessly running. You are aimlessly driving, but you don't know where the line is. That when you are finished, you know how much farther you have. I hate to say this, but sometimes us in our journey in Christian maturity, we don't know what the finish line is. We have started it, but we don't have a clue what the end looks like. We don't know what God is up to. We, we haven't had a clear vision of what he's trying to do in our life. So, so we're, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? If you don't know what the mark is, how in the world are you trying to going to attain? And somehow or another, in our preaching, in our teaching, the church as a whole, there's not a clear message of what the finish line looks like. Therefore, many of us are running, have started, but without a clear picture of what the end looks like. How do we ever expect? to get there. Notice, we said Christian maturity is a journey. We are on a journey. God is trying to take us somewhere. He said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he said that he will finish it, that that which Christ has started, he will finish it, that in God's mind, he has a plan. In God's thinking, he knows where he is going with us. But in order for us to, to work along with him, I think that he wants to give us a, at least a little bit of a picture, at least a, a, a clear understanding that, wait a minute, where I'm at now is not the finish line. What I'm going through, what you're going through right now is not the end, but there is something greater on the other side. Oh, you ought to give God some shout now that, that what, what is happening right now is not to finish, that God is up to something. Listen, 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 listen. We, we, we said do not be conformed to this world because you are a new creature. You are being transformed. The real word is, 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 is metamorphosis. That there is a change that is happening that what God has already done on the inside, it does not yet appear in full reality what he has done. This is kind of confusing, but let's see if I can understand it. God has already done something, and he's doing something. It's already completed in our spirit, and he's working it out in our lives. What God has done has not come into full fruition yet, but we are on our way. 
God has done something in us that we quite don't understand yet, and we don't look like who we are. We are something, not that we are becoming something. We are something, but the manifestation of who we are is becoming evident every day. That God is bringing out of us what he has already put in us, but we have a job to do as working with him. There is a goal, there is a mark, there is a picture that is on the inside, but God's trying to bring the picture on the outside. Whenever an artist starts a picture in his mind, he already knows what the picture is. Let me say that again. Whenever a painter starts a painting before he starts the painting, in his mind, he already has the picture in his mind. If he don't see it in his mind, he can't paint it. When God looks at you, y'all need to say that with me. When God looks at me, Regardless of how you look at yourself, when God looks at me, he already has the end result of the picture in mind. He does not see you where you are at. He sees you where you're going to be. Ah, there ought to be some shouting in the house. Our problem is we are stuck with where we're at. Not knowing that God is taking us where he wants us to be. And if we could ever erase the picture of where we're at or where we've been and begin to see where God is going to take us, we will grow by leaps and bounds to reach what God has said we are. See, after a while, you got to get tired of where you're at and reach forward to where God says you are and trust God in spite of. When I look at a butterfly, I don't see no evidence of a caterpillar. Y'all not with me, y'all, y'all. A butterfly is not a caterpillar with wings. The component of the body has changed. Maybe it's just me, but I used to catch butterflies and tear them apart to see if I could find a, oh, see y'all looking at me. I was a, I told y'all I didn't have much sense as a little boy. You know what I was trying to find? I was trying to find a caterpillar within. Yeah. Somebody said, that's gross, well. But you know what? Regardless, the body composition was different. It wasn't just that it was flying. The body composition had changed. There was an utter, complete, different animal has come about. I mean, I can understand a caterpillar with wings. 
But I don't understand how a caterpillar become a butterfly. I know that it goes in the cocoon. I know this, but you can't explain to me how that change came about. You can't explain to me how it started out as one thing and became something else. I don't understand how God took our old man, took our wretched heart, took our bad attitude, and when we accepted Jesus Christ, and now we don't look nothing like we used to look. I don't understand. I think it's a miracle. I don't know. Matter of fact, I know he did a miracle with me. Did he do a miracle with you? Where we are is in this process is helping God to complete the process of taking us from what we used to be to who we are. First John chapter, if I remember right, chapter 3, verse 2 says this. It says, when we see him, we will see him when Christ comes to get the church. When he appear in midair, and he is coming back one day. He's coming back to take us up out of here. And the scripture said, when we see him, we will see him in his full glory. We won't see him as the lamb, but we will see him as the lion. We will see him as king. We will see him as God. But hold on. It says, when we see him, we are going to be changed to be like him. You have to see it before you can become it. If that is true at the end, isn't that true in the whole process? That unless you see Christ now, you can't become to be like him. And the only way that we as Christians come to see Christ is by the renewing of our... Romans says this, by the renewing of the spirit of our mind. What does it mean by spirit? Your attitude changes. You can't tell me that your thought process has changed and your attitude don't change. Because when your thought process changes, you can't help but your attitude change. When we begin to see things from God's point of view, when we begin to see him in the picture, when we begin to see that God is up to something, regardless of how bad the world gets, there's something on the inside of us that makes us take off the old man and put on the new man. First Peter says, chapter 1, verse 23 says, says that we've been born again of an incorruptible seed, which means that within us, if you've been born again, if you've been born again, because everybody that says, Lord, Lord, haven't been born again. But if you've been born again, you can't help yourself but for some change to take place, you can't tell me that you've been born of the Spirit of God and you don't change sometimes. You don't smile sometimes. 
You don't get happy sometimes. You don't got no joy, no peace. Now, now, now don't get me wrong. I know the devil is a liar. I, I know he's on your track. But wait a minute. Don't you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? And in spite of what you're going through, you ought to have enough gumption on the inside to say hallelujah anyhow. Oh, 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 why, why, because the seed that God has put in us, regardless how much the world press you down, there's something on that. Did you know the reason why you need to have some word in you? Because the word will pop up in you when you need it most. The reason why you need to read because the word of God will come up from your spirit and give you what you need right when you need it. You're about ready to lose your mind. And the word come and say, I am the prince of peace. I will keep you in perfect peace. Oh, oh I, I know some of y'all, some of y'all almost lost it. But in the nick of time, God spoke a word in you from the inside. And that word was enough to keep. The more, the more there is agreement with what we believe and who we are. Let me make that clear. What we see has to be beyond where we are. What we trust God for has to be beyond where we are. What we are, the promises we are standing on has to be beyond where we are. If all you have is where you are, you jacked. There's got to be something that is set before you that your faith reaches beyond where you are. You don't know how he's going to do it. You don't know when he's going to do it. But you just believe. You just believe. Can't nobody tell you. Matter of fact, you're not even telling God how to fix it. All you know is all you got is God. But you just believe that God is enough. Even if he don't take you out of the situation, he will hide you behind his tabernacle. And though the devil is looking for you, he can't find The devil keep on telling you things won't change. There got to be something inside of you that tells you, regardless of what you say, my God is real. And no matter how bad it looks right now, when God get ready in a blink of an eye, he can change. And even if he doesn't, I got enough stuff in me. I'm walking on devils. I'm walking on lies. The devil is under my foot. He won't take my joy. He won't take my peace. The Lord gave it and the devil. 
be a set point of something we see that we haven't attained yet. There got to be that you are speaking that enough word is getting in you that give you hope when it looks like you have nothing to hope for. Don't get me wrong. I think we all have down days. But you got to have enough word in you that you don't stay down. There's something. There's something that makes you sing in the morning. There's something that wakes you up in the midnight hour. There's something that makes you jump out of bed. There's something that, that, that even if you don't feel like it, you put one foot out of the side of the bed, the other foot on the side of the bed, force yourself to sit up. Don't feel like getting up. But if you say, I believe. Don't know how you're going to make it tomorrow. But you're leaning and depending on a God that is bigger than you. That is bigger. Scripture says, I have put in you, I have put in you a seed of righteousness and holiness that is created after God. John tells Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, wait a minute. How can I go back and be born again? Can I go back into my mother's womb? Jesus said, wait a minute, you don't understand. He said, you are not just a body soul, you are a body spirit soul. What must be born again in you is your spirit. So what is born of flesh is flesh. But what is born of capital S spirit is spirit. That what I have done inside of you is bigger than what's on the outside of you. Hold on. Let's see if y'all caught that. What God has done on the inside of us is bigger than what's on the outside of us. Let me say that again. What God has done on the inside of you is greater, more powerful than anything on the outside of you. See, we are so outside Christians that we don't know what God has done on the inside. But God has done enough on the inside that regardless of what you go through, all hell can come after you. And you can stand flat-footed and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of my spirit, my spirit, my spirit says. I'm trying to act good. I really am. There's a, there, there is a, another level of glory, y'all. There's another a, a level of glory there than where we're at. There's another level of glory that you got to see in your, through your spiritual eye. Let me show you how important it is. It is so important what you see that your life may depend on it. 
your sanity may depend on it. Let me explain. You got to be able to, to see what God is want to do in your life beyond what you're going through, because what you're going through can get so hard that if that's all you see, you might take your life. Let me say that again in a different way. You got to have something on the inside greater than whatever the devil can throw at you so that no matter what he's throw at you, you got a hope on the other side that keeps you in your right mind that if you did not have that, you will lose your ever-loving mind. Let me say it another way. Many of us would have been crazy. I mean, certifiably crazy. I mean, up on the eighth floor, blah, 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 crazy. I mean, in a padded room, in a straight jacket, crazy. Many of us would have been there if it had not been for God letting you know what you're going through is not where you're going to stay at. This is just a test for the moment. I still got hope for you. I still got purpose for you. I still got blessings for you. I, I ain't fit. When the devil told you it was over, the Spirit of God said, no, 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 no. It's not over till I say it's over. Let me see if I can set a strength. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Jesus is the finisher and author of our faith, which means then that not only has he started something, he has already finished it. Say it with me, it's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. That which God has for you and I is already finished. It's already there. My job, your job, is to stay on course. My job and your job is to trust God for what I don't yet see. Your job and my job is I have enough word in us that we see beyond where we are now. Listen, we mess up. The monkey wrench messes us up. The devil get in our way. But you still got to have enough in you to say, no matter how much manure you throw in my way, I'm going to allow the manure to supply and nourish me so that I can talk about what I've been through, that it becomes my testimony because the more trials you go through, the more experience you have that you will know that you know. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. When you know how, when you know who brought you through, when you know nobody could have done it but God, when you can look back over your life and recognize your life been a miracle, when you look back and you got not 2020 vision, but 100-100 vision. And now you see how God orchestrated everything. Hold on. When you look back and see how the devil tried to kill you, 
but God kept you. You can't tell me. You don't got nothing to shout about. You can't tell me you don't have no in spite of, in spite of praise. He is the author and finisher of our faith. But listen, watch, watch this. Watch, let's go on. Again, I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. This is what he says. He said, he is the author and finisher of our faith that for the joy set before him. Something happened between the Garden of Gethsemane and John chapter 17. If we are to follow the life of Jesus in a timeline, the Garden of Gethsemane happened right before he started praying in John 17. Here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, so distraught that he is sweating blood. They say that when you get so distraught, that what happens is, is that the blood begins to mix with your sweat, and your sweat comes out mingled with blood, and your sweat is red. All right, all right. And you want to talk about what, what you go through? I'm talking about what Jesus went through for, for you and I. His distress was not the cross. His distress was not the beating. His distress was not death, but it was separation from the mercy of his father. He literally went through the elements of hell for you and I. And he didn't really want to go through that. But something happened between take this cup from me to if it be your will, I will drink this cup that here in John 17, he is thanking his father. But if you read carefully what he says in John 17, he is no longer looking at the cross. He is looking at the glory he's going to have with his father. Uh, I don't think y'all caught that. I don't think y'all caught that. Listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. He looked beyond the cross to what his father was going to give him after the cross. Hold on, let me, let me say that again. Let me talk to this side. He looked beyond the cross to the promise of his father after the cross. Uh, let me talk to the choir. Let, let me talk to the choir. He looked beyond the cross to that which was set before him after the cross. But wait a minute, wait a minute. It did not take away the cross. But he was no longer looking at the cross. He was looking beyond the cross to the glory he was going to receive after the cross. Huh? 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 He saw the finish line. Huh? He 
saw the finish line. Huh? He saw the finish line. Huh? He saw the finish line. Huh? He saw the finish line. Did y'all hear that? Jesus saw the finish line, which enabled him to go through because he knew that the cross wasn't the end. He was going to go through to the finish line. What Christ has for us is so much greater than what you're going through. But you got to see that in order to go through. All of us going to go through something. If you live long enough, you're going to go through something. And, and what keeps you in your right mind is that you got to look beyond what you're going through. Have a promise of the other side and say, God wants me to go through this. I know he's going to keep me. And it's not over till he says it's over. He started it. Surely he's going to finish it. Let me ask you something. Has he started something in you? Has he started a good thing in you? Are you sure he started something in you? Are you certain he started something in you? Well, if he started something, won't God finish it? Our God isn't like you and I. Whatever he starts, surely, surely, whatever God starts, surely, surely, he will finish it. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Just, just based on that. Just, just based on that. Just based on that. Do you see? We gotta have enough word in us in reading and getting along with God that God helps our vision. He's the only one that can give us vision beyond where we are. He's the only one that can help us when we're crying and don't know whether we're going to make it through tomorrow. Don't look at your current circumstance. There got to be something that is bigger than you greater than you that keeps you and, and, and when you become disillusioned it's because you have lost eyesight we all lose vision sometimes I get calls all the time from folks who call me to set the vision again Cancer all over their body. Lost loved ones. They lost everything. And they call me. I have enough sense just to sit there and listen to their story. And what they are searching for is not for per se an answer, but just for me to show God in the picture. 
Because if God is in the picture, everything else is going to be all right. The most scariest thing is when you no longer see God in your picture. But when you see God in your picture, it really doesn't matter what else happens. Because you know as long as God is in your picture, everything else is going to... Do I have any witnesses in the house? Sometimes that's all you got. Everything else in the picture looks bad. But you still see the hand of God. It may be up in the right-hand corner. It may be up in the left-hand corner. It may be a little dot. But as long as God, 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 as long as God is there. Matthew 13 tells of, of four soils, and all the soils have seed, they get rain, but only one soil produced fruit because it was prepared. I think that Psalms 1 help us so that we, we know how to get to the place where, where, where we are allowing God to bring out of us the seeds that are in us. Someone's tell us, you know, blessed the man who walketh not in the council of ungodly. He said, he said, be careful who speaks into you. You can't listen to everybody and everything. I don't care who they are. I don't care, I don't care how rich they are. I don't care how successful they are. There are some successful fools in this world. Don't know God ain't thinking about, my God, my God. Don't, don't call the, the psychic 199, huh? Don't get your palm red. You best get on your knees, open up your word. Get a song in your heart. Open up a hymn song. Even if you can't sing, sing anyway. Lord, sit up in the seat of scarf. I mean, I'll stand up in the way. You can't even watch everything. Stand in the way. You're watching them. You know, sometimes we live vicariously through other people. And what I mean by that is, we're not doing it anymore, but we sure are listening. We allow them to tell us all the details of their rendezvous and... We eating it up. We either scared or can't anymore. <laughs> and we allow them to tell us every sordid, dirty. And we think just because we ain't doing, 
There are some things you don't need to hear. There are some things you don't need to see. There are some things you don't need to say. I'm just saying, but don't say it. It's not building you up. It's not saying, but we don't understand. Things are either making deposits into our spirit or withdrawals. Sometimes you just got to cut off the phone. Turn off the TV. Get by yourself and allow God to speak to your spirit. Sometimes it's not even good to counsel folks. I mean, I mean, how can I say this? Folks will wear you out. And not listening to what you telling them to do. They got, and you run home, you all bent over, depressed. Let me go on. I'm, try, I'm trying to be good. There come a time when you got to pull. Jesus had to pull away from folks. He left them sick. He left them depressed. Say, I got to get away from these folks. They driving me. But he delighteth in the law of the Lord day and night. Uh-huh. He meditates. He, he's seeking for something. He's seeking for, she's seeking for God. Searching. Because they know they're in need. And it says, they shall, they will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's something on the inside that gives you strength on the outside. There's, a, there's an internal. Jesus is the fountain of life. He speaks to the woman at the well, and he says, you come to this well for water. He said, but if you only knew who you talking to, he said, there would be a well on the inside that springs up to eternal life. See, I don't know about you, but you ought to know you got life on the inside. You know, if you got a bicycle, Jesus make you happy with a bicycle. Her story of a man, CE, he's a CEO of a company, got money, killed himself, has money. They think that, they really don't know what happened. They think he went to the doctor and got bad news. And whatever the news was, he didn't have enough within him to keep him. His money couldn't help him. So since he couldn't deal what he heard on the outside and he didn't have enough on the inside, he killed himself. Don't you know that if you didn't have something on the inside, 
Matter of fact, let's be honest about it. Some of us have tried to kill ourselves, but the Lord stopped us from killing ourselves because he wasn't ready for us yet. But now that you know him, you don't think about killing yourself because there's something on the well I, well, I represent that we get a closer walk with Jesus. What I represent, is, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I recommend is that we see more of him. Because I believe the more you see of him, the more you become like him. I believe you got to see it in order to become it. Let me ask you a question. What do you see? Why? Because we are transformed into what we see. But if you don't see nothing, you don't become nothing. But if you set your eyes in the word of God, if we set our hearts on Jesus Christ, I declare he'll make you see something that will make you shout. You see yourself not where you are, but where you're going to be. And the devil will try to get in your way, but you can tell the devil you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Did you know that the devil is a liar? Did you know that the devil is a liar? Do you know he's a liar? Do you know he's a liar? The devil will tell you that you've been this way all your life. Your mama was this way. Your daddy was this way. So you're going to be this way. Wait a minute. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. The devil will tell you that you've always been in bondage. You're going to always be in bondage. But the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. The devil will tell you things ain't going to change. It ain't going to get no better for you. But wait a minute. The devil is a liar. So why you listening to a liar? Why you believing a liar? You know he's a liar. Tell the liar to sit down, shut up. In the name of Jesus. Oh. 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 You know why I say oh? Because I see something. I see Jesus. And oh, he looks good. Oh, my God is awesome. Oh, he's a mighty God. He's the bright and morning star. Oh, Paul saw something. Paul saw something. He said, I press towards the mark. I see where he's leading me. I haven't attained it yet. Matter of fact, he attained me. He caught me in order for me to be that. I'm not that yet. So I'm letting go of my past. I'm forgiving folks who didn't treat me right in my past. I'm forgiving things that happened in my past. I refuse. I absolutely refuse for my past to stop me from my future. My past will not determine how high I fly. Matter of fact, I believe the lower your past, the higher your future. The lower your past, the higher your future. Haven't you heard? Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or can imagine in us. Ain't our God awesome? Ain't our God bad? Ain't our God up to something? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? If you give it to him, won't he do it? There has to be an agreement. 
between what we believe and what he has already done. How do I know what to believe is written in his word? It's written in his word. And when you get it, don't get me wrong, you don't get it at first. You got to water it. You got to get it wet. Germination don't take place all at once. It takes time. That which in your spirit takes time. You got to get it wet enough until the moisture on the outside get on the inside. And once there's enough moisture on the inside, the pressure on the inside pops open the shell on the outside. And once something goes pop, I don't think y'all heard me. Listen, listen, listen. I don't know how God does this, but you can be praying for something and nothing has changed but something that went pop on the inside. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And you start praising God, shouting. I mean, it comes up on the inside. And folks wonder why you shouting, because they don't see nothing. And, and, hold on, and you don't see nothing, is it? But something, you done start praying about this thing. You've been praying for that child. And, and nothing has happened. All of a sudden, every time you go down and start praying, you start shouting. And you wonder what the shout is coming from. You start praising God. You was crying. Now you shouting. You know what God is saying? Quit praying about it. Start shouting about it. Because it's already done. It's done in the spiritual world. You just don't see it in the material world. But it's already done. There's some things that is already done. Start shouting about it. Start thanking God for it. It's already done. You don't see nothing. But in your spirit, it's already God for heaven. Heaven's already done. He started something. I know I'm going to go in heaven. Not based on me, but I got evidence that God has started something. And whatever he started, he will finish. So I'm already saying, I'm already heaven bound. Not because I'm perfect, because I'm saved by the blood. If that's true with heaven, then isn't it true with the other things that are in our lives that we're going through? I don't know what he's going to do. I just believe he's going to do it. I don't understand, but I say hallelujah anyhow. I get down sometimes. 
but I get refocused to the place where, Lord, it's me and you. And as long as it's me and you, everything, everything, absolutely everything is going to. I think some of y'all got a shout you've been holding on to. I think some of y'all been wanting to shout, but you've been trying to see something, and God wants you to shout before you see it. I think some of y'all ought to shout right now so God can release some stuff in your life because you've been praying about it, and he's been saying shout, and you've been being quiet. No, don't be quiet. Shame the devil and shout. Shame the devil and shout. Shame the devil and shout. In the midst of, 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 in the midst of. God is birthing. He's birthing some things. Yeah, the devil's going to be the devil. The devil's going to try to hinder you. But that has nothing to do with nothing. God is a specialist in turning your troubles into manure. And manure helps you to grow. If you never had any trouble, how would you know that God is a deliverer? If you've never been sick, how would you know that God is a healer? If you never had a bridge over troubled water, if you never had troubled water, how do you know that Jesus is the bridge? If you never had no peace, how could you appreciate the peace? If you never had hard times, how would you shout about the joy? Wait a minute. It's not about your happenings. It's about who has you. It's about him. Within the concept of the Bible, it's about our relationship with him. And as we draw closer to him, in spite of, we become lights. Philippians chapter 2, he says, he says, and I'll, then we finish. He says, he says, he says, with fear and trembling, work out your salvation. Work out that which I have put in you. That if you drop down to verse 16, he says, he says, in a corrupt, in a perverse generation, don't expect the world to get better. Expect the world to get worse. He said, but you shine as lights holding up the word. You are the word. You're the evidence of the word. The fact but you still got your mind. The fact that you still singing his praises. The fact you haven't killed somebody, cut somebody, stumped somebody, ran them over with your car. There'd be some dead jokers if it wasn't for the grace of God. Would have done it and would have said, I did it. That's right, I did it. That's, 
Don't go, no, I did it. I want everybody to know I did it. Would have knocked out some dentures in church. But because, but because you got enough word in you, you didn't do what you would have done. Glory, 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 glory to God. what you would have done because he's I believe that's the testimony of the realness of our God I believe that's a testimony of the realness of God and people who knew you back then are amazed of the you that is now. Because they know back then. And they don't quite understand the you of now. Ain't God good? Ain't God good? He took some caterpillars and made us eagles. Isn't God good? Your faith got to reach beyond your now. You got to see something more than what you are. You got to believe God and have one hand on earth and one hand in heaven and say, Lord, with my hand in earth, earth can't keep me. Anchor me in you enough I trust you when I don't have nothing else. You got to see yourself in the future. And see not only what God is doing, but what he's going to do. And your right now is not the end of the story. Do you know Jesus enough that you can do that? Are you anchored in him enough? Have you allowed Satan to make you slip off track? It's time to come back home. It's time to get yours. It's time to tell the devil you through with playing his game. It's over. It's through. From this day forward, you got a new master. And his name is Jesus. Today, if you're here, don't let nobody and nothing stop you, hold you back from your blessing. God has a blessing for you, but you got to come get it. Today, 